Gentlemen, the regular season is done. Officially, that Seattle-Winnipeg game is out the way. I don't think anyone watched it. Biggest game of the year. Biggest <laughs> game of the year, yeah. Because who, who cares? Who cares? The playoffs start tomorrow, though, lads. How do we feel? Nervous. Nervous? I'm excited. Excited? That's fair. Yes. Those are Optimistic. Old. Optimistic about the Leafs in particular, though, Daniel? Or- yes, I believe. I don't know. It's just... I'm going to just say it now to, you know... Rip off the band-aid, but yeah. Raptors year. losing. Fair, fair. Very sad. That was Terrible tough. third quarter in game six. Oh my goodness. Not, not sure what happened there, but it brought back that energy and excitement that for me now, it was a bit of like, okay, this is the preview now of, of the Leafs, of the Blue Jays. What's gonna happen? But right now of the Leafs. So I'm like, I'm just excited the way the city's been lately with sports. Fair enough. Um, these are the series. We know them officially now. The Panthers, as the President's Trophy winners, will take on the Washington Capitals. The Toronto Maple Leafs will be taking on the back-to-back Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning. Carolina will try and exercise the demons that are the Boston Bruins. Um, the Rangers will play the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Avalanche are placing Nashville, Minnesota, St. Louis, Calgary, Dallas, and the Oilers will take on the LA Kings. Um, Mr. Phil Deneau will have his hands full. We will talk about all those series later, Ooh, yeah, uh, including some other big stuff around the league because that last night of the season, uh, uh, well, technically that night is tonight, technically. <laughs> think about it. Friday night, Friday night, which should have been the end of the year, but the yeah, Winnipeg yeah. weather sort of screwed everything. Um, a lot of stuff sort of came out around the league. Obviously, we're going to do a post-mortem on the Habs season as well. Um, and then, yeah, we're going to focus. Today is a special episode as well. Because it is the annual two-on-one podcast award show of prestige and honor. I can't wait for that. Um, do you guys want to start the award show just for the hell of it? Just to have a bit sure. of fun? Or, okay, it. gentlemen. So the award show. If you are a longtime listener, we love doing the award show. It's honestly one of my favorite shows of the year, guys. I'm not even lying when I say that. So we have a few different awards here as always. Um, and because this isn't the halfway awards or any crap like that, we get to do the bonus awards like our most improved player or team, the Gordon Bombay power move of the year, and my personal favorite, the Brad Marchand embarrassed moment of embarrassing behavior. Anyway, gentlemen, and we will also be giving our Stanley Cup winners. So I will actually start there. Gentlemen, you all saw my bracket on Twitter earlier today. It was a bit of fun. Maybe we can talk about that later. Anyway, first and foremost, I would like to know. It was, honestly, I went into that bracket and I didn't know I was going to come out the way it did, but we can talk about that. I feel like I I have less friends today, but that's (laughs) that's worth the price. Um, Your Stanley Cup winners, who do you think is going to win the Stanley Cup? Daniel, you first, then Alex. (laughs) Um, The Toronto Maple Leafs are going to win the Stanley Cup. Holy crap. We're we're coming out the gates running. Yes, we are. I am confident. Um, I think what I said already about the energy in the city, um, what we saw already, the precursor to everything of this prediction was what I wanted to see. And I'm confident. I think that if you're not going to bet on yourself now with the core they have, when are you going to do that, right? I'm going to say, oh, maybe next year, maybe a year before. But I'm going to say the Toronto Maple Leafs because nobody – Oh, man, we keep using the Raptors predictions, but you know, 2019, no one had the Raptors as the favorites. Like maybe they were like fourth or fifth 
And I think the Leafs are already there. And I think there's more parity in the NHL. So I'm going to go with the Leafs because they're in their prime. They're going for it. I'm going to say this might be their year or this will be their year. I don't do this often, but I feel like that might just be have to be the preview for the show. We've never had one so early. Um, Daniel, that is brave. (laughs) I I, I do kind of miss the thing of a first round Raptors exit is the prelude. And, you know, before that, the Jays missing last year is the prelude to a a Leafs win. Uh, I could understand other reasons, uh, but we can get into that when we preview the Leafs lightning series. That's a brave pick. Um, Alex. Um, I I went with Colorado. um, and, And I feel like, you know, they got to get over that second round mm-hmm. hump. Like it's there. Like it's been what, three years uh, like that. Um, so I feel like, and I guess th- this would be the year to do it where, you know, you have that top line still rolling um, and you have Nazem Kadri who earlier this year, and I'm sure he had, a, I, I haven't checked, but hit, he must've finished the season incredibly and you you made those pickups at the deadline and you made the addition of Philip Grubauer, um, not Philip Grubauer, of Darcy Kember in the offseason. Uh, if there's a year to do it, uh, it, it must be now or else. I feel like if they don't, maybe we're having conversations about the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, they, by the way, uh, Nazem Kadri, 71 games played, finished with 87 points, 28 goals. Uh, I, I would like to look at the exact numbers. It feels like he definitely slowed down. Yeah. But uh, come, we all know that he's a um, he's a big presence in the playoffs. Uh, I saw it was a, a daily faceoff article today that big ten questions and it was a big the over under on his suspension numbers for this year's playoffs, which I thought was wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, my Stanley Cup winners. I have been saying Colorado all year, which is why now I'm going to say no, not anymore. I'm going to say the Calgary Flames. Okay. I don't know. I just, I feel like it's their year. I have, I just, the goaltending is there. The defense, the structure is there. They have four great lines. That top line is sensational. Um, the big question, obviously, and we'll get to that when we preview their series in the first round. I do have a lot of questions about how Johnny Goudreau will perform. Um, but still, there's a lot I like about Calgary. Um, and I actually have them beating the Penguins in the finals. And uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a whole thing there. Okay. The Gordon Bombay power move of the year. I'll go first. Mine was Homer Reese gracefully resigning in Winnipeg to save his reputation right before the jets crash and burn. Gordon Bombay power yeah, move that, of the year, Alex, then Daniel. That, that's a good shout. Um, it's funny. We'll, we'll <laughs> I, I picked something that actually happened quite recently. Um, I have the Lightning beat the Leafs 8-1 two weeks before their first round matchup. I like that. I like that, that a lot. That is a dominant. I, I see the quote you put in the document was asserting your dominance via an action you take. Yes. That seems like it. Very fair. Daniel. Okay, so I have a primary one and an honorable mention. Okay, oh, hold on. Okay, just because this is you, I knew this was going to happen. Okay. okay. Listen, I'm going to ask you very politely. Okay. To keep your honorable mentions to a minimum. Okay. But go ahead. Okay. Power move of the year. And it's it's a recent one too, and it's a biased one. But Ryan Getzlaff's last NHL point where it was just the like behind the back pass yes. for the goal. And it was funny because they were talking about how 
his entire career, everyone said he this guy should shoot more because he has a shot. He has an amazing shot, and then his last point is an amazing assist. Um, honorable mention and be quick here, and it's just Andrew Burnett coming into the Panthers' um, locker room and just solidifying everything amid all the crazy stuff going on. Indy Strickland having some stuff about Joe Quinville, obviously the man before Andrew Burnett. We're going to talk about that later as well. Uh, okay, next, the Brad Marchand embarrassment award of embarrassing behavior. This was obviously created after that famous shootout attempt where he completely botched it. Um, my most embarrassing moment of the year is presented to the Philadelphia Flyers for ending Keith Yandel's Ironman streak against the Leafs on Hockey Night in Canada. What were they thinking? Go ahead, Alex, then Daniel. That's a good one. That is a good one. I didn't pick that one. I think my Leafs bias is showing here a bit, but I have uh, the Leafs 10-7 game against the Detroit Red Wings where they blow that nice good old lead. And then we had to have the discussion on whether it was a good game or not. And I felt I felt embarrassed talking about it like that. Fair. Daniel. Um, this is not a team performance. Well, it's not like on the ice performance, but I put the Chicago Blackhawks town hall. That's a very good shout, Daniel. That's a very good one. Okay. Because <laughs> that one was um that was just something where I thought they were gonna clarify a lot of things or reassure season ticket. Uh, holders that everything is being handled properly and they just made it even worse it's a very good one uh i actually I, I the other one i had here was actually to do with the kyle beach um the one that daly and Batman did their press conference um there were very a lot of embarrassing moments this year we didn't even talk about the coyotes at and think about all the uh, all the moments they've had okay most improved player or team okay i'll give you this here if you have one to name, like you can choose one, but if you have a player and a team, you can mention it. Uh, Daniel, then Alex. Me, it's just one player, and it's Matt Duchesne. I think that we all thought for the last few years that he was done, and I don't know what Nashville was going to do with that contract, what they were going to do in terms of competing, and he became a, a top guy for them again, and they he helped them get into the playoffs. So he proved us all wrong when I said the Preds were not making the playoffs this year career year in both goals and points and yeah assists as well uh 86 and 78 43 goals damn good year for you shane uh i i have uh tage thompson who last year had had 14 points in 38 games this year he had 68 points in 78 games he was two goals away from being a 40 goal scorer that's insane. Uh, he had a, he is making people really forget about the O'Reilly trade to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, okay, so I do have a team and a player. Uh, I did cheat here. Um, first off, my most improved player, we talk about the Ducks. Uh, my most improved player, because this guy was in trade talks last year, had a, seven goals in 48 games this year. It's 37, 67 points. It's Troy Terry for me. Um, just easy. I actually had... Uh, I've, I put a few names just in case you guys got it and Tage Thompson was my backup. So oh, yeah. boy, Alex, uh, shout out to Jesper Brad as well. My most improved team uh, is the Calgary flames. Cause they were just nothing last year. Right. Um, like Montreal gave them all the room to make the playoffs too last year. And they, like Markstrom was bad. It was, we were wondering if Duchesne, uh, if Kachuk was going to get traded. It was uh, it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. Okay. Next, we have the most disappointing player or team of the year. Again, you can go one each here. My most disappointing team. 
I'm going to leave one out because I feel like one of you may say this. So my most disappointing team, I had them winning the cup. It's the New York Islanders. I don't need to explain why. Uh, and my dis- most disappointing player is Philip Grubauer because he was not good in Seattle. Not good at all. Uh, Daniel and Alex. I actually also had the Islanders there. Um, you know, two straight trips to the conference finals and they didn't really change anything in the offseason. And I don't know what happened to them, but, you know, maybe it's just going to be an outlier in Lou Lamorello's tenure there, but probably one of the most disappointing years. Um, I I don't have a team, but I do have uh, a player. And Mm -hmm. Adam, you did say him. It is Philip Grubauer. I I think they signed him to be, you know, their starting goaltender. And I think he was that for Colorado. And yes, he was that for Seattle, but the, the numbers don't look fantastic. Not at all. Um, the team I left off of here was Vegas, uh, by the way. I'm, and we will talk about them later because they're officially out. Um, stuff with Robin Leonard, all that sort of stuff to talk to. Okay. Uh, for some reason, the next award I have is the MVP. We're going to save that for last. Adam, what do you think in there? Uh, we're going to start with Coach of the Year. Okay. I'm just going to take a bet and say Alex is going to say John Cooper. I think Alex can probably guess I'm going to say Jared Bettnar. First off, Alex, is your Coach of the Year John Cooper? It is not John Cooper. Oh, really? Surprising. Okay. Who is it? So I put down Andrew Burnett. Fair enough. Like, I I think you have to, you have to look at what, you know, how do I phrase this? Joe Quenville did some horrible things. Mm -hmm. And I think he... (laughs) He wasn't really put Andrew Burnett wasn't put in a great situation. And I think he, he continued the great form that the Panthers were playing under, under Joel Quenville. And he, he continued that and they probably were playing even better under Andrew Brunette. Very good point. Uh, the, the president's trophy winners, uh, Daniel, your coach of the year. I'm going to predict you're going to say Dean Evison. No, I was going to say Daryl Sutter because the way I saw the team there is it's the flames always had the talent there. They just had a lot of disappointing seasons where I felt like they were never hitting their potential. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly Daryl Sutter comes back to the franchise, um, settles things, gets the most out of his skilled players and still adds that identity that he's always known for, for balancing his lineups and then making them into a true contender here. So for me, it's just him coming in and seeing what he could do, make the most out of it, and run with it. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going with Jared Bednar because uh, the abs are disgusting. And he continues to do a great job with them. Uh, simple as that. Um, by the way, do you see the fact that apparently a team with Jack Johnson on its team has never won a series? Really? Really? Fact? Yeah, apparently Jay Fresh was like, wow, this is somewhat true. And he's a, a meme of a Oh, Jack yeah. Johnson. The Kings traded him right before. They traded for Jeff Carter before they won the Cups. Exactly, uh, which is it's just very unfortunate that poor guy, um, and obviously he, then he was parts in Columbus, but then obviously he wasn't. He would have been in Pittsburgh when they swept Tampa when the, the Blue Jackets did, and then Pittsburgh haven't won a series for a couple of years actually. When you think about it, because um, they they lose to the Islanders in the first. Well, he would have been gone for at that point anyway. Um, but yeah, no, it's Jack Johnson has had an unfortunate sort of uh, sort of time. Uh, okay, next GM of the year. I am going with my boy, Joe Sackick, uh, and Team Colorado here. Uh, Alex, then Dan. Uh, I'm going back to my, my uh, Tampa Bay Landing boy, Julian Breesbaugh. Fair enough. 
I think with the cap constraints and stuff and the ability to put the team together and then at the deadline, yes, giving up a lot, but maybe what's necessary, similar to what uh, I believe it was Steve Eiserman who'd made those trades. Uh, was it Steve Eiserman who made those trades or was it Julian Breezeblock? For which one? Goudreau and, and Coleman. I think that was Breezeblock. Okay, yeah. so the second time around, he had to make those trades. And I mean, we'll find out if they work if they're going to work i think uh i think they will and that's why i'm giving him the gm of the year award I'd like to know tampa bay's forward lines according to daily faceoff and the job that he's done after losing that third line last year it's sure yeah they're they're disgusting palat stamkos kucherov um point paul colton hegel cologne sorelli maroon uh pierre edward bellamar and Corey perry defense is basically the same and then vasilevsky is still vasilevsky so there you go uh daniel I also had Julian Breezeball there. Uh, I think that he lost a lot last year. He was able to recoup things and really know how to play with his assets for things. Those two first round picks on paper is going to, looks like it's a lot, but it's going to be really low. Um, Brendan Hagel's a guy that I feel that I already have a strong sense that they're going to convince him in, a, in like a couple years to sign below market value in exchange for winning again. So he just keeps it going no matter what he loses in the offseason. Okay. I'm not going to ask who you had the Selkie. I just want to know if either of you didn't say Bergeron, why? No, I said Bergeron. Okay. I said Pat too. Alex, I'm assuming you said Pat. Yeah. No, there's no other okay. answer. Let's just move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. The Calder Trophy. I have been with this guy since like the mo- first month of the season. It's Moritz Seider for me. Um, well, I think at the beginning of the year, I had uh, Lucas Raymond. Uh, but I think slowly as the season's gone on, I, I, I've made my switch to Moritz Seider. Um, and I think it's like just quite evident. He's already, I mean, in my, every time I watch him play, he just does something like out of this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think man, that guy's got a bright future. And, and I remember when they took him, it was completely off the board in a way. Um, so it, it's interesting. Very interesting player. I held on for so long on Trevor Zegras winning it. This year, I was hopeful that the scoring was going to continue, but I knew as the Ducks were going to tank, that was not the case. And he will be amazing later on continue to be but yeah i have to go to more cider um i've explained it to you guys before that at such a young age as especially being a defenseman who was also taken off the board like alex said he's developed into what i call what i say a german chris pronger he has all the tools he has the size he has the grit um that's just like a guy that and i'm, I'm probably going to be really early with this but it's it's this early signs of a generational type of defenseman Okay. Did anyone not say Shesterkin for the Vesna? I said Frederick Anderson. No, I'm kidding. I said I said no, Shesterkin. Okay. Uh, 935 save percentage. So he beats Carey Price, who's a 933 in 20, 2014 15. So uh, that's that's in there. Uh, had the better goals against average. So suck it. Um, anyway. Um, yeah, the, Mike, okay. suck it. The Fulton Reed trophy on this show is the defensive defenseman of the year. I was with this guy for Team Canada. It's Jared Spurgeon to me. Daniel and Alex. I know what Alex is going to say. All right. Um, I'm going to go by the numbers for this one. Uh, from our good friend of the show, Harmon Dial. 
and who is the top shutdown defenseman. And we never actually said this guy, but I'm going to say Charlie McAvoy. He's technically number two compared on top five on five, but because it's Jonas Brodeen, but I picked Jonas Brodeen the last two years. So I'm going to go with Charlie McAvoy. Alex, tell me a bit about uh, Mr. Carolina. Oh, no, no. I picked Jonas Brodeen. Oh, okay. I think the the way, uh, you know, Minnesota have been playing, I think that's defensive. They're just so good defensively. I mean, it does help when you have Marc-Andre Fleury back there, but I I picked Jonas Brodeen. Talbot, come on. Talbot's been good this year. Come yeah, on. yeah, no, and Talbot too. Sorry, and Talbot. Yes, yes, yes. We're going to have that discussion because I think people are forgetting that Flurry's kind of man in the playoffs sometimes. People, are, We're going to have that discussion when we talk about that series, though. Um, okay, now the Norris Trophy on this show is purely the offensive defenseman. You may think I'm going to say Kale McCarr, but I'm going Roman Yossi. I, I can't deny those numbers. I, I can't do it. Um, Alex and Daniel for your offensive D of the year. Yeah, no, I, I also had uh, Roman Yossi, I think, 96 points this year, four away from from, from 100. And he played two less, played 80 games instead of 82, 23 goals, uh, again, a career high. I, I just, I don't know how you look at it and say he's not uh, the, the Norris winner this year. I got to say Roman Yossi as well. Um... It's kind of crazy when I saw those numbers because I felt like, is this the 1990s again? You're seeing defensemen putting up these types of numbers. Whenever I see 40 and up, I'm like, that's impressive because only select usually get the 50 or 60. So it's a, I guess it's a historical year, I guess, for um, the modern NHL. So it has to be Roman Yossi. Uh, the MVP. Guys, I changed my MVP vote today. It's been consistent. It's been, it was Shesterkin. Then it was Matthews, but I've changed it. You guys know who my dark horse for the Stanley Cup is and what I need my bracket. Miss Respect Minnesota. I am on the Kirill Kaprizov wagon like no one else. Wow. I just love what he's done. He got better this year. The respectability he's brought to Minnesota. Um, I am also, quote, part saying this. So, you know, it's not all three of us saying Austin Matthews, I'll admit. Um because I wanted to give more time to the MVP discussion besides saying, we all said Matthews. <laughs> so, um, but, but go ahead, uh, Alex and Daniel, who's Man, your MVP? I, I really did have an extremely hard time choosing, choosing a guy. Low-key, uh, it's, it's freaking good this year. It's it, very it, good. It is. And I just, I did take it, cut it down to three players at the end, uh, which was Matthews, McDavid, and Shosturkin. I mean, in the end, I did pick Matthews because, like, 60 goals three times, like, the third time in, what, 20 years? Not That's not been done, bad. like, not, not, bad. not bad at all. Um, and I think he's, uh, over the last few years, he's improved on the other side of the ice, and I think that was extremely reflected this year. But that being said, where McDavid was on, like, it, uh, over an 82-game schedule, uh, obviously last year he was on a cr- ridiculous pace, uh, but this year I think he was putting up career numbers. Yep. And and I think you can't underestimate his importance to that team. And with Shosturkin, you know, maybe the, the back half of the season where he quote unquote slowed down, which was it really slowing down? Like it, it was still ridiculous numbers. Uh, but I, I think you saw a lot more, um, 
with the Rangers outside of Shishterkin. Uh, and not that his value to the team diminished, but it's just a, a lot of other players, I think, around him picked up while he was still that top-notch level goalie. But I think I, I still have to pick Matthews. Might be some bias there. I won't lie. Daniel? Um, yeah, so based on what I already said on this episode, I have to go with Austin Matthews. Uh, historical year as well. Uh he never let off the gas, if that makes sense. Like once he got off of that cold streak to begin the season, he just was that guy for them. And I think that that's what you want to see for your franchise guy. You just keep getting better every year. And I think this was his best year yet. Mm-hmm. Um, some other camp. We talked about Shusterk and we talked about Yossi. McDavid quietly had a career year for goals, assists, points. Um Technically, penalty minutes too. Isn't that funny? <laughs> uh, and I know this stat doesn't matter, but a career high and plus minus. Um, 123 points. That, that is the quietest 123 point season I've ever seen. Um, again, it's the thing going around this year and people realize is it, it's maybe not Matthews better than McDavid. It's the gap is closed, but we've forgotten how good McDavid really is. Um, yeah. my, he's, he's unreal. Um, yeah. And like I feel like I was saying earlier, like there's just so many guys. I feel like there's ten guys I could have put on my list. Like Alex, I really could, Goudreau, like Goudreau, yeah. Huberdo. Um, like th- there's so many other names. Like I mean, Phil know. I mean, you great player. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. But like I-, I had to cut it down, and that was ridiculously difficult to to do that. It, uh, it's, a, it's a great year. I can't wait to see the... Obviously, last year, McDavid was the unanimous Hart Trophy winner, like every single first place vote. Uh, I can't wait to see what it's going to look like this year. It's definitely going to be... Uh, we did mention Huberdo. Uh, that guy's been wicked. Dry Seidel, of course. A bit more, more respect to Leon. We like Leon. Uh, apparently the best pass in the league, according to the players, which, um, which, is, which is very strange. Very strange indeed. Okay, gentlemen. Um, we have a few different routes to go to, but the playoffs are tomorrow. So I think it's time for us to start the playoff preview. We'll start with the division winners. Uh, then we'll go to the divisional spots and we'll get a start in the East overall, actually. Um, then we can go to the West and do it, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the Panthers, the presence trophy winners, the Capitals, the second wildcard team, maybe the last true raw for the Capitals to really contend. Goaltending is a big question. Been an up and down year for the guys in Washington. Sergei Bobrovsky's had a bounce back year. He's a 9-13, I believe. Uh, we know what he's been like in the playoffs. The Panthers used three different goaltenders last year against the Lightning. Um, how do we see this series going? We'll talk about each series, and at the end, we'll give our predictions of how many games. Um, but yeah, Panthers, Capitals, what do we think? I, I think for the Capitals, sorry, for the Panthers, simply you have to play your game that's what's going to win you that series because yeah, you're right. Uh, goaltending. I think there, there's struggles with goaltending on both sides. You're, you're not a hundred percent sure what you're going to get from Sergey Bobrovsky. We're talking about Spencer Knight, who's this is his first full year in the NHL. On the other side, you have Samson, Samsonov and Vitek Vanacek. Uh, and again, that's also a lot of unknowns, but I think, I, I think if, Florida plays their game. That's it. It's their series. I mean, you look at them during the regular season. They had, I think they were top five in power play goals for, they were first goals per game. They were at four eleven per 
Uh, penalty kills for both teams are kind of mixed. By the way, weird fact about the Capitals this year, uh, guess where their power play was? 13th. 13th? Alex, what do you think? Uh, 15th. 23rd! Wow. For that, Ovechkin isn't even top five in goal scoring on the power play, which is weirdly, really weird to think of. Um, Daniel, what about you? Um, just to quick before I throw it to you, uh, say percentages for the goalies here. Bobrovsky, 913. Spencer Knight, 908. Uh, Samsonov, 896. That's not good. Uh, and then 908 for Vitek Vanacek. Vitek, Vitek. Vanacek, that guy. Former mm. Kraken. Kraken legend, by the way. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it five games, and I think it's going to be the Panthers. Um, I said it last year with the Capitals. They had to bring their game. They had to bring more of an oomph to them this year. And then there wasn't really many changes to their roster. They kind of just ran it back. And they didn't have Nicholas Backstrom for a good portion of the year. But I don't know. I'm not we, – we say last dance vibes with the Penguins. I'm not feeling it with the Capitals. I just think that they are just treading water right now and – with the Panthers, I think there's this energy that they had last year where that, okay, listen, you get bounced by the Stanley Cup champions, but now you bring you bring in so many pieces to that core already, and you're improving. That offense is so deadly, and I think they, they're just going to come in and want it more. So I think Panthers in five. Fair enough. Uh, Alex, how many games and who's winning? Oh, I have Panthers in five as well. Funny enough, I also have the Panthers in five. Their first series win since 1996, I think, is going to happen. Something to keep an eye on. This is my favorite playoff stat, um, that Alex Ovechkin has never scored an overtime goal in the playoffs, which is it's so hard to believe. Um, yeah, it's just going to be um, – the Caps just have not been the same since Barry Trotz left. There's just a – and what did they do with the deadline? Johan Larson's not bad, but brought back Marcus Johansson. And uh, just quite not has uh, just hasn't been the same. Uh, but the Panthers, they need to go deep this year. They go all in, don't have their first next year. Big Ben Chirot will lead the way. They don't well, have their first for like the next three years. That's true. Them and them in Tampa just don't draft over the next few years. It's hilarious. Uh, we go to the series involving the Metro winner, the Carolina Hurricanes versus the Boston Bruins. Okay, I'm going to start by saying this. The hurt, like seriously, they need to go deep. They are getting such a pass in the media. They have to go deep. No more baby shoes for the freaking Carolina Hurricanes. Now, apparently, Freddie Anderson does not look like he's going to start game one. They're leaning towards Auntie Ranta. And then, of course, they're going to have, I'm not going to say it, right? Korchenkov, the rookie. Um, Where do we see this way going, lads? Because... Um, uh, goaltending is still a bit of a question, even though combined in 41 games played for each, sorry, 41 for each goalie, which is weird because Rask also played. So I guess there are some pulls, uh, Swayman and Olmark were both well above league average save percentage. Um, but of course I think it was a nine seventeen for Olmark and a nine fourteen for Swayman. Uh, but they are not battle tested in the playoffs between them. One playoff game Swayman last year. I think this is an, uh, an, an interesting one because this is the third time the Hurricanes play the Bruins in four years. Um, and the last, yeah, in 2019 20, they played the Bruins in the first round uh, and lost in five games. Mm -hmm. And in 18 19, they lost to the, they got swept in the conference finals. 
Sorry, third third time in five years. Uh, one four years. I can't count. Sorry. Not bad. And Not and bad. obviously last year they lost in five to the Lightning. So I I do think this is an important series for the team. And I, no offense to Antti Ranta, and I know this year they won the Jennings together, but uh, Frederick Anderson was a Vesna candidate. Yes, probably the second or third. Go for ahead, me, Nick. for me, I think that this is going to be a series based on all the factors we've listed. The one that goes to Game Seven, the Bruins are not really. And, you know, I, I might I might jinx this, but they're not the Bruins of two years ago. And I think with the Carolina Hurricanes, they've they've learned from their mistakes. They've they've gotten the talent that have become a bit more battle tested throughout the years. A lot of their younger guys, their defense knows how to hold things up. But I, it's not going to be an overwhelming thing because Antti Rotna is a solid goalie, but he's not Frederick Anderson. And then with the Bruins, they continue to still shuffle things around especially at that center spot. So things just didn't, doesn't feel as stable as they were before. So I think it's going to be Carolina, but in seven, but it can go either way. They don't have David Krejci anymore, but this could be the last two rough for the Bruins as well with Patrice Bergeron. Uh, and Jordan Stahl is a good player. Kakanemi is a good player. They, they ain't oh, he Pat. said it. He Even Otto is a good player. He ain't Pat. Okay, there you go. Clip it. But he ain't Pat. You ain't Pat, you ain't Pastor, you ain't Craig Smith. Um, how low the second line center is a bit concerning, but like that defense is great. Um, I just I don't believe in Carolina this year. I'm I'm going Bruins in six. Okay. Go ahead, Alex. How many games? Who's winning? Uh, I have Hurricanes in six, and I think they kind of I think it's a must win, in my opinion. Oh, it is. It is. 100%. Like there's there's multiple first round series where uh it's kind of must wins for teams. Well, yeah, if and the Panthers don't win a round, it's a disaster. If the Carolina Hurricanes don't win, it's a disaster. If Toronto don't win a round, it's a disaster. If Tampa don't win a round, uh, the, the reigning champs. Um, the Rangers-Pittsburgh, if Pittsburgh don't win a round, it's been like a couple of few years. Colorado, I mean, goodness gracious. Calgary's going to be kind of embarrassing. Uh, Minnesota, after everything they've gone through. Uh, and then if Edmonton don't win a round, they may have to trade McDavid because they may want out. Anyway, um, yeah, um, there you go. Now we go to the divisional matchups, and we start with the higher seeding Toronto Maple Leafs hosting the Tampa Bay Lightning. This is the big one. First off, I'll just read some notes that were coming out of practice today, shall I? Um, of course, uh, do, 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 let's see, I had a bit of setup I was going to say before this. Uh, Toronto, their core look to finally break through, uh, and they have to go through the Tampa Bay Lightning looking for that three-peat. Um, Andre Kasha was skating today. Um, apparently he is a game time decision. He was on the second line with Tavares and Mikheyev. A bunting spot on the first line was being taken by Alex Kerfoot. Uh, bunting is close, but apparently it's unlikely he sees the first round. That is from Sheldon Keefe. Um, I mean, what more can we seem to say? Okay, that's first off, I'll say this I think the Leafs are winning in six. I think wow. this, I, 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 even it, with that lineup that I read earlier from Tampa Bay and McDonough is healthy, which is huge. And Vasilevsky is there. Um, I just, there is something to me right now that I think the Leafs, and again, most importantly, not even Matthews. I think there's something with Marner this year where he's going to have something to prove. I think that Montreal series to the Leafs is what the blue jacket series was to Tampa or the many scale, like second round losses to Pittsburgh. So I'm yeah, war for the capitals. I, 
I just, I, there is no way I see them losing in the first round again. I just, I can't, I, I even see that every year. Um, but I just, I, it, I, I really think they're going to win this. I do appreciate your optimism. And I think you make like, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I'm rubbing off I, on him. Yeah, really. Yeah. Um, I, I like, I, I think the, the thing here is, I think you make a good point. Like I, I do think in a way, um, hopefully they look at that that Montreal series the same way I guess Tampa looked at that Columbus series, even though they played the Columbus the year before and uh, yes. lost. Like you, you know what I mean? Like that that's there too. Like it's two years in a row where you you walked in um, to walked in as the favorite and you lost. Now you're walking in. I, I mean, I haven't looked at the betting odds, but I, I'd find it hard to believe that they they're walking into this series as the favorites and maybe that's the, the, the kick kick in the butt that they need. But again, like I, I to be honest, I have them, I have lightning in seven. Um, I, I think this is going to be, I think this is going to be a brutal series. Um, not that's like in terms of the, for the Leafs, I just think it's going to be an overall back and forth series. But I think when it comes down to it, and you have you go back and look last year, Andre Vasilevsky in every single elimination game had a shutout. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was great. Right, like it, every single elimination game last last uh, last playoff. And I love Jack Campbell. I've said on the show, I, I I don't think he's the top tier goalie that Andre Vasilevsky is. I think Andre Vasilevsky is on an island alone, and just him right now. Um, and when it comes down to that last game, I, I think, I think goaltending is crucial in this series. Yeah. Um, and I, I think Jack Campbell has to perform. I don't think he has to be November Jack Campbell per se, if the boys show up like they should. Um, but they need some good goaltending when you're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning back to back Stanley cup champions. Mm-hmm. Daniel. You already know my answer. Um, <laughs> Leafs in four. Leafs in yes, four. <laughs> no, um, I think that it's going to be a similar narrative to when the Leafs just got John Tavares for that first year, and they go up 3-2 in game six. No, they go up. The Yeah, they are going, they're 3-2 going into game six, and they lose that one, and then we go to a seven. But I think that's – I want to change my answer from last time and say that when the Leafs – win in game seven against Tampa. This is them exercising their demons, getting into the second round. And I think that it's going to be similar to 2019 Philadelphia for the Raptors that if you could beat them, you could beat any team going forward. So for me, Leafs seven. Just just to be clear, I very much do hope that the Toronto Maple Leafs win this series. I'm in no, no way rooting against them. I'm scarred. Yeah. <laughs> what else do we, I Alex don't doesn't want to be hurt again okay I'll put it this way I, I I don't want to take up too much time but I was at the game on Saturday I had a, I had a take, kid take all the time you need we we care about two teams I thought you were right. at the Habs game Alex I, I asked about that did, did, I posted a story Daniel texted me are you at the Habs game no um, but I had a kid sitting next to me he he was about 10 or 12 years old um, and you know we I told you guys this story but we were you know we were just whatever the game's going it, it turns it Turns out it's 4-1 Toronto. 
And, you know, I don't think this kid understands the significance of 4-1. He, he's young. Like, he, he, he has his youth in him still. Um, how are we talking? How old do you think he was? Probably 10 or t- like around okay. 10 to 12 years old. Okay. He, didn't, he doesn't understand it. Maybe he saw it, but I don't think he understands yeah. that pain. Yeah. Uh, and so there's about 10 minutes left in the game. And, and you know, he goes, you know, like, like the Leafs might lose this game. But like, I, I just, I doubt it. I doubt it. I And I've never seen a group of people all turn and look at this kid and say, <laughs> please, do not say this again. Child, please. Like, yeah, and it was polite. Like, it's not like it's not like they're aggressively swearing at the kid. It Father was very polite. Arm around him, and he's like, "Oh like, crap!" You, he's like, "You don't understand, son." Uh, I'm like, please do not say that again. So again, like, I'm scarred. I'm scarred. I don't know. I don't know any other way to put it. Listen, they have one of the most dominant offensive performances ever. Maybe with Marner, the best offensive sort of regular season in the history of the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, near over 100 years old. Yes, try and enjoy it. Have the faith. Have the faith. I do enjoy it. I do. I do. I don't have the faith, though. Yeah, but you have like a, like, you enjoy it, but then you have like this sort of, it's like a thing in the back of your mind where like, you know, playoffs. Yeah, I mean, throughout the regular season, you were like, you were enjoying stuff, but you were like, it's not going to matter for the playoffs. You got to, you got to enjoy it, man. I as know. Someone who, as someone who got to witness a deep run, even no, if the Habs no. fell short. Okay. I okay. still weekly think of those moments. And you just got to just relax, my friend. Okay. But think about it from my perspective for a second. I'll explain my perspective. I'll explain my perspective. So all we do, like we talk for 82 games for over, I don't know how many days we talk about the regular season. Yeah. And every time we talk about something the Leafs do, it's well, you can't even get past the first round. So yeah. I can't actually enjoy it because I'm just told 1967 and went around first. So I, it's a little hard to enjoy. That's probably in my head a little too much as well. I'd like to give you a story. Alex. <laughs> I'm not trying to play the victim. I, it's just no. the reality. You know what I mean? Like go on Twitter, go on. Like, okay. I'm, not, I'm not lying. You know what you, I mean? You know why I believe? Why do you believe Daniel? Because I didn't see it in person. I just watched it on TV because I'm not from Chicago. But the Chicago Cubs won the World Series in 2016, they and they ended a 108 champ year championship drought. Yes. They ended the Billy the Goat curse. So yeah. if, if that can happen, I believe Toronto can do it. Fair enough. Uh, fair enough. Uh, yeah. So wait, I have them in six. Leafs in six. Daniel in seven, and Alex is Tampa in six. Yeah, I'm seven. 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 Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, and how will Toronto play in that game seven, Alex? Do you? I think it'll be a hard-fought game. Okay. Good. Good. It'll look like they learned. They're gonna have Kyle Clifford and Wayne Simmons playing. They. I saw Clifford on the fourth line. I'm like, okay, baseball. No, let's keeping, do it. Let's do it. Even Cooper all... were both talking about the physicality of it, right? So. Oh, I'm ready for a Clifford Blackwell Simmons fourth line. It's just oh, beautiful. Line brawl. Just um, and Wayne Simmons. <laughs> I have the Penguins sweeping the Rangers. Wow. <laughs> now, wow. Now, now, I'm not going to Holy. I'm not going to. First off, by the way, I have the Leafs losing in the West, in the Eastern Conference final of the Penguins. Um, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think Alex Baumgartner is my friend anymore because I don't think he appreciated me saying they were going to beat the Leafs. Um, so we'll see how the a story to keep an eye on. Uh, now, part of this may be a bit of bitterness to Mike and uh, also the fact that the meniscus surgery Carey Price got um, apparently is linked to the Chris Crowther incident and this may end Carey's career over the summer 
We'll talk about that later. Um, we might have to make two episodes split here, by the way, Alex. We are we've nearly been gone an hour and we're we're in the last series of the East. Um, listen, um I had a whole thing set up here, like a whole just a, like a monologue here. Um, like let me just see if I can <clears throat> what was I gonna say here? Um hold on, you know, uh, this can be Pittsburgh's last hurrah, the last dance. Uh the Rangers and Capitals are toast. Forget Petrano, forget Cop, forget Vesna Shesterkin, forget Kreider having 50, uh, forget Pittsburgh getting creamed in the season series, uh, forget the question of Tristan Jari's health, Penguins in four. Um, I said it again, P- Penguins in four. <laughs> One of these is underlined five exclamation points. The other is uh, circled. Um, but I think, it is. I, I, can I be asked? I think we should have you record that and that just be a TikTok on its own. <laughs> yeah, like you read that. it, yeah. you read it just straight up like that. Like not Finney Crosby. Exactly. I want <laughs> we want some passion that will go on the TikTok. Uh, yes, yes, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that after. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, but it listen. Um the Rangers had a good trade deadline and brought in a lot of good pieces. Uh, Jacob Trouba is the type of defenseman that's going to thrive in the playoffs. We know that. Um, when he's not turning it over like he did in that Jets. Like the, you know, remember that series? I think it was the Jets in the Vegas series. Was it the St. Louis one? I think it was St. Louis and he turned it over. I think it was Jane Schwartz and it won. Anyway, um, a shot that Mike's not going to carry. He was a Jet then. And Winnipeg won't care because they're used to people leaving. Um, but this is legitimately uh, – um, uh, just it's gonna be a fun series. It's it's really live or die on the goaltending as well here. Like Jari is just a his health is a concern. Even his playoff performance is a concern. Um, and Igor Shosturkin is really good. Is <laughs> is really good. See, I, I look at the series and I'm like, because last year I feel like last year we said walking into that Islander series, you can't bet against Sidney Crosby. And I feel like none of us bet against Sidney Crosby. And this is the goaltending. And, and, and we kind of got screwed. So I'm kind of worried of betting on Sidney Crosby and getting screwed again. But at the same time, it wasn't Sidney Crosby's fault. But I really do like the Rangers. Like, I think the back half of the year, uh, a lot of guys have stepped up. You know, it's yeah. helpful to have a Vesna winning goaltender, a Norris winning defenseman. Uh, yep. Artemi Panarin, who was a heart finalist a few years ago, uh, Chris Kreider, who popped 50 plus goals this year. Like Gross. the pieces, yeah, like the pieces are there. Uh, yep. It's just, I don't know what, what to expect of the Penguins, to be honest. Daniel. Uh, I'm going to go with Penguins in six. Okay. I think, and I'm going to quote Mike, I'm going to subtly quote Mike here, where he said that the Rangers are not ready yet to make a run they're going to be good but they're not ready yet to make a run i think the penguins have more of the experience in the playoffs um from what we saw and i'm it's pretty good for them that this is the year they're not facing the islanders because those last two series they had with them were horrible so i think the penguins are a bit more stabilized this time uh Chris Letang even said it recently that he feels more confident with this group there's more stability there um Jeff Carter's acquisition for this team has been huge, that he's rejuvenated a lot. He's a proven winner. He's a guy that I'd love to have on a playoff team. And the way that the Penguins are built is they've been able to kind of balance things between the young guys they brought up and get the most out of those stars that they have there. So 
for me, it is truly the last dance for the Penguins. So, yeah, in six games, like I think the Rangers are going to be able to take two, maybe at the Garden, but that's it. Uh, future Hab, uh, Christopher Letang, probably. Uh, Alex, how many games and who's winning? I'm going to go Penguins in seven. You hear that? Like, I, 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 like, come on. I mean, like, he's not like he's cheering for the Leafs. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I just think, like, again, I'm betting on Sidney Crosby. It's just hard to bet against Sidney Crosby. I, I think the Rangers are going to be a good team in the future. Like Daniel said, like Mike said, they're just not, maybe they're just not ready yet. But again, last, last hurrah for that core in Pittsburgh, I think. Okay. We move right. to the Western Conference. The Colorado Avalanche. I'm sorry, did you say the games or did I cut you off there? Nope, I said Penguins in seven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I didn't because I was looking at my, my notes. I'm like, did I just no cut off? Oh, no, no, okay. no worries. But, uh, Colorado, Nashville. Okay, now, any chance Nashville have of an upset relies on the condition of UC Soros's ankle. Um, and if the report, I think it's Alex Daughtry, uh, is accurate as to do with this high ankle sprain maybe being four to six weeks. Um, otherwise, this is probably going to be a cakewalk for the abs. Um, now, we know, like, Nashville aren't an easy out. Uh, because of the way they play and the players they have. And you can say the same with Dallas, and we'll get to them in Calgary in a second here. But McKinnon is a monster. Uh, they should have Landis Cog back. Uh, he's just chilling with a suit, looking great. Um, hold on a minute, something else, if I can read my own writing. Uh, even with the MVP caliber season of Roman Yossi, um, and Duchesne turning it on, and Tyler Janot, and uh, Philip Forsberg, I have here that it's not enough, and I said abs in five. Yeah, I, I also had abs in five for, for that pretty much same reason. I think without UC Saros, how do you squeak more than one game? Uh, how do you squeak more than one win, sorry, for for the Preds? That's going to be very, very tough when you have David Riddick or Connor Ingram in that. No offense to those guys, but again, UC Saros, best in the caliber goalie. Save Dave. Big save, Dave. Leafs oh, legend, by the way, David. That was, yeah, a, a nightmare. The legend that you tell your kids that they don't eat their vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> Big save, Dave, will come into the net. Uh, for me, I think it's going to be a sweep for the abs. Um, it was fun for Nashville. They had a fun season. They got their swagger back, but they're going to run out of gas without UC Soros. And yeah. great season for them uh, based on what the projections were going to be for them entering the season so that was good but the abs i think they're just too strong with to get gabe landeskog back everything has just been working for them and they're a team too that they've learned from the past few playoff blunders that i think they're just more determined to get through get through the series Tanner, you know, by the way, I think I said Taylor. Um, how many games out? Did you say sweep? Well? I said a sweep, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think they're getting swept. I, I do with that. I, I don't see them getting swept, but I think if they had Soros healthy, because uh, listen, anything growing below for a goaltender is just awful. Um, but if they had him, I could see it going six. Remember, they they challenged Carolina last year, they won some games there. Um, and there was some officiating criticism and that, but. but 
And that's the playoffs. I can't wait to have that discussion for three rounds again, by the way. Uh, Chris Lee's working the playoffs this year. Do you guys say that? Great. Love to see it. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's not going to go well for, for them. Uh, the Dallas Stars and the Calgary Flames. The Calgary Flames, uh, great team. Great team. Um, now, the Stars' top line is incredible, as we know. Um, they have... Of course, obviously, you know, Jake Ottinger can probably win you a game or two if he can. Uh, ben and Sagan are good secondary scorers at this point. Um, but after that, up front at least, after that, there's not much there for Dallas. Um, but there never is really with Dallas. It, it, it's so funny. I could see Dallas getting like a solid five or six game series loss. Or I could see them going on a run because that's just what Dallas does. But um uh i'd say i'll get to my prediction a little later um also we know that calgary i've known here are juggernaut uh the jacob markstrom effect um but here's my big question guys is what are we to expect from johnny gaudreau because he needs to he needs to prove that he is a playoff performer he needs to I think it helps when you have Elias Lindholm. And, and, and I think more so than Elias Lindholm, I, and I'm not trying to disrespect Elias Lindholm, but Matthew Kachuk. In the playoffs. In, yeah. Right. That, <laughs> he's going to be a problem. I mean, that's fair. Daniel? Oh, for me, um, I'm going to say Dallas is going to squeak by just the way they play and how gritty they are. They could probably make this a six game series, but they're going to lose. Um, Calgary is going to win. Yeah. I I like that argument you had about Johnny Goudreau. And I think they've been able to kind of offset it. Like an example is what has become of Sean Monaghan. And they've been able to kind of go around that and still have center and scoring depth. And without Johnny Goudreau really performing, like, you know, if that happens, you know, Matthew Kachuk, Andrew Mangiapane. And they have these guys there that it's not too much of a throwback of the heavy teams, but they're just guys that have been able to fit that system that they're just too perfect for the playoffs. Like you see that fourth line and then you see that bottom pairing and the size that's there. And that's just something that I think the flames have had, like in addition to the scoring, they have the right depth for a run. Uh, how many games, Alex? And I'm assuming you have Calgary winning. Uh, Calgary, I have Calgary in six. Who, the the battle of uh, quote boring hockey? Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I, I funny enough, also have the Flames in six. Yeah. Um, because it's just it's Dallas, man. You never know. Jason Robertson, pretty good. Um, okay. Oh boy. Uh, Minnesota and St. Louis. This is a fun series. I I'm excited for this one. Um, I have jumped on the minute. I got on my notes here. Minnesota are my dark horse to win the cup. Um, the notes are not as detailed for this series. It's, it's very similar to the Pittsburgh one. Um, I will get to the goaltending, but all I have here is in capitals, respect Minnesota, hashtag Capri's off her heart. Uh, St. Louis is toast uh, is uh, what I have for this series. Um, okay. We'll, we'll talk about the, the net. Um, I think Billy Hussle's at a 918 or 919 last time I checked. Uh, Jordan Bennington is bad. Um, so are we seeing Billy Hussle as the starter? And if we do, gentlemen, who is it on the other side? Is it Marc-Andre Fleury or is it Cam Talbot? Daniel, you used Mark to Marc-Andre Fleury. Okay, all right. Uh, yes, right away. I You go with the winner. You go with the Stanley Cup winner, Marc-Andre Fleury. He, he wasn't the starter for any of them. He didn't even finish against the Habs. He got ran. What? No, 2009. 
He gifted. That's a different story. If he that's doesn't give the puck to Josh Anderson away, I still Come believe. On. I mean, okay. Also, they see that he brought the Golden Knights to the finals. Mark Andre Fleury. And lost. Yeah, but he still made it there. So I think that okay. I think if you're Minnesota, you go with a guy that could win the rounds. Like Cam Talbot hasn't proven himself in any series, to be honest, up until this point. Like what he made it to the Ducks, made against to the second round against the Ducks in 2017. So I'm gonna go with Flurry. Alex, Wait, is this an argument? Oh my gosh! Like I didn't I, think we. Would I don't know. think it's a slam. Dunk. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't think it, I don't think it's a slam dunk either. I just think ever since Mark Andre Fleury came to Minnesota, it just feels like it's worked, and like at an extremely at, at a very good level, and maybe it's the way that Minnesota play. Uh, I guess defensively that suit that suits Mark Andre Fleury. I just feel like I don't think you bring Mark Andre Fleury in to be your backup. That's what I. That's what I. That's why I struggle with this answer. I just I don't see how you bring him in and he's not the guy you start. Like he, I don't. I'm not entirely sure what happened. Like I thought a few weeks ago we were having the argument about. Flurry, and then we were talking about him being a Vesna winner last year, right? And yeah, okay, he made yes, I'm not denying he's made mistakes um, in the playoffs. I just, it's hard for me to say, think they paid a first round pick for Marc Andre Flurry and they're not going to start him. That's, that's the struggle for me. Listen, I'm not saying that you don't play him at all. I'm just saying where you don't give it to someone on name brand, you give it to the guy who's playing well. Now, in their time in Min- this season, Talbot's a 9-11, and Fleury in his time in Minnesota is a 9-10. It's pretty similar. Yes, one has the acumen. I'm just saying, let's pay a little bit of respect to Cam Talbot. Um, you know, it's just, you know, come on now. Um, overall, though, how do we see the series itself going? I do have Minnesota winning, and I have them winning in six. Because I just I really like the team. I really like Eric Sinek. I really like Kaprizov. I like Fiala. And that defense is just so nice. Uh, I, I have Minnesota, Minnesota winning in seven. I think this is going to be, again, a very hard-fought series for both teams. And I think it's it's a, a nice story, I think, in, in a sense, for St. Louis, who last year, as Daniel correctly predicted, did not make the playoffs. Uh, and, you know, there was the controversy in the summer with Vladimir Tarasenko, and to see him come back and perform well uh, is a good story. And I, I think we're going to see that continue into the playoffs, not just for Tarasenko, but, you know, you look down, not necessarily down the lineup, but you look at Robert Thomas, you look at Jordan Cairo. I think I think Cairo wasn't a part of that cup run. Thomas was. I think we get to see those guys develop and mature a lot more in the playoffs. And then if Thomas was playing, he wouldn't have been a big contributor. Where now, I know Cairo was point per game. Uh, they've added to their depth a lot. And Brandon yeah. Saad was a low-key, really good acquisition. Like the, like, the Blues are another team I could see in the first round. But they're also so good where I could see them go deep. I just like Minnesota more. Uh, Buchnevich. 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 Good player, too. Yeah, Buchnevich. Ah, yeah. Sammy Blake. Uh, Daniel. Yeah, I think St. Louis has improved on what happened last year. They were able to find guys that just worked with the system and 
they were patient. They brought in the young guys. They let Vili Huso get the games he wanted in. And that kind of offset too, like what I said with Jordan Bimington struggling again. And I still love Minnesota. I think that that momentum I saw them with two seasons ago hasn't, hasn't gone away. They've been able to kind of just keep building on things, getting guys that there's just feeling like they want to play there. I think I, I'll use Alex Galagossi as an example. I know he's a hometown guy, but he took less of a cap hit for that extension to want to stay with Minnesota. And I think everyone just dialed into both the way the team plays and the way their cap is structured for this coming off season. So I think that there's that more of an identity there. So I think the wild are going to take it in six. Fair enough. Uh, to finish off the LA Kings and the Edmonton Oilers, big thing here. Uh, Drew Dowdy isn't going to be playing. Uh, while we're here, I will mention this will be the last set of games. Dustin Brown's going to play uh, 700 points over 1300 games. When you put playoffs and regular season together, uh, as Anaheim uh, Ducks fan Daniel here knows, a real bastard to play against. Uh, hell of a career for him. Uh, former captain, of course, all of this only with the LA Kings. Um, so that'll be interesting. Maybe he gives a little bit of gas. I have trouble seeing LA winning this because they don't have Dowdy. Um, I have it going seven. Um, of course, they have the Dino effect. Um, I just don't know if that's enough to cover McDavid and Dreisaitl. Um Wait. Okay. But Did wait, Jim Matheson, like, why are the Edmonton Oilers media so out to get Pulia Harvey? What is going what? on? What did what? Jim Matheson do? Tell me. I, I have was, not seen he this. Was, he was talking to Yamamoto about being a top six guy and having 13 goals. And I'm just like, well, like, what's going on here? It's just they have some vendetta against Jesse Pulia Harvey. Even well, though why can't both of them be top six guys? What's what's wrong with uh, Jesse Pulia Harvey? Nothing. He's nothing. Great. If he but, like look at the year McDavid's having, a part of that is because it's Bully Harvey. Like, shut up. You you said you said you didn't know if Deneau could could do both McDavid and Drysidle, but I think you've forgotten Anse Kopitar. Yeah, but then who's gonna score? Yeah, we'll we'll find someone. Kempe, but, we'll find know, someone. We'll find yeah. someone. We'll find someone. Mikey Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, you're I I think you're right. Like Without Doughty, it's just hard to say LA have a chance of winning. I have them in Edmonton in six. I think that uh, LA could take a couple games there. It's just hard to see them win the game or win the round without having Drew Doughty back there. You're talking about an all-star level defenseman. Quickly, so Yamamoto finished the year with 20 goals and yeah, and uh, Polly Harvey finished with 14. So he may have scored again in their last game of the season, but I, I, again, uh, they just have it out for Pulley Harvey for some reason, even though the, the analytics say he's good and that stupid scoring chance thing. Um, anyway, um, Daniel, how do you see it going? It, it should be a fun series. They played some good games this year. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, oh, man, I'm going to go with the Kings in seven. Wow. I think that defensively, I call this the two-line straight jacket of Anze Kopitar and Philip Deneau. Mm-hmm. that you're going to be able to split them up and you're going to be able to go up against the Dreisaitl or McDavid line. And in terms of scoring, I think there's just this feeling I have that like you have a proven guy who went to the finals with Victor Arvidsson where he bounced back slightly. Um, he had 49 points, 66 games. That injury thing's still a bit of an issue, but I still believe that 
he knows what he needs to do. Um, Adrian Kempe is there. Um, noted former Leaf legend Trevor Moore had 48 points this year. Wow. Yeah. And there's just a group of these guys where I'm like, they they could do something. They could maybe pull off something. And I think for the way they play, it's just going to be a bit of a grit and grind kind of thing. And they could get this in seven. It's going to be one of those series where I think that a bunch of the games are going to go to overtime. So here's the funny thing, right? Like that series against the Jets is there's one thing that LA could do or like we haven't mentioned Jonathan Quick, who's been a lot better this year. Um, And here's the thing. Quick can catch magic in the playoffs. We've seen this. The other side of the ice, this is what could screw Edmonton. And that is the goaltending. Smith has been good lately. Yeah, uh, I know that. Um, but um, I, I don't think we could ignore history or the entirety of this season. As a, They've been good under Woodcroft, but if, if Edmonton are going to lose, it's going to be on the back of the goaltending. It's really funny if they win this, by the way, that they have to face Calgary. And oh, please. Please, please. Matthew Kachuk's just going to annoy the crap out of Zach Cassian. He is going to hate playing against the Calgary Flames by the end of that series. Uh, How many games, Alex, did you? Six, Edmonton in six. Okay, very good. Very good. Okay, so that's the playoffs. Very good. We're all excited. Going to be a good time. Good time. I just Oh. We had a good thing going. While you reconnect, I I, I will say this is the uh, episode of boldness. We had Daniel at the beginning of the beginning of the episode say the Leafs are going to win the cup. Adam said Penguins in four against the Rangers, and then Daniel ends it off with LA in seven. It's going to yeah. be a chaotic off season if these things happen. I can imagine uh, there's there, there can, there's a possibility for some hoopla going on. Uh, I need my desk and it's somehow disconnected the microphone. Very annoying. Very annoying. Uh, you can't see because normally, obviously, I have it on like, the arm. We're yeah. saying it. Uh, yeah. It broke. So it's on a stand now, oh. uh, which is really annoying. Um, okay. Uh, the power hour is going to come back because we have been going for a while and we need to get through. So we're going to go through some quick subjects. Um, I'll, we'll alter now. Be like, Alex, what do you think of this? Uh, Daniel, what do you think about this? Uh, Daniel, I'll start with you because you and I called this um, when we looked at the coaches being uh, up this year. Uh, Jeff Blashill will not be brought back in Detroit, um, which I thought we could see coming. It wasn't working great there. Who do you see getting the job next? Right. So for me, I think the new coach for the Red Wings is going to be another transition guy. So Jeff Blaschel, I think, got the one year under Stevie Y to sh- to prove that he could do something with the team. I think that they did get better, but they were still pretty bad for a lot of those uh, games. They've let in 10 goals. So for now, the transition is I'm, they're going to look into the Grand Rapids again. So I think that you're going to either go with Ben Simmons, who's the head coach right now. Or you're going to go with a big-name guy, a former NHL guy, uh, Mike Knubel, who's the assistant coach right now. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay, now we're going to Alex for the next bit of the power hour. Yeah, what's up? Um, and it's actually – he's got to recover. He's seen something. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, um, Alex. Yeah. Um, Andy Strickland had a tweet today, um, which I, I think Steve Dangle had a very, very good uh, response to. Uh, the tweet says here – uh, expect NHL teams to inquire about hiring Joe Quinville as their head coach. 
Here he wants back behind the bench, and there is expected to be significant interest in hiring the future Hall of Famer. Q will need to meet with Commissioner Gary Bettman to be reinstated. For anyone who doesn't remember, um, Joe Quinville um, was obviously former head coach of the Panthers, and before that, a multiple-time Stanley Cup champion in Chicago. Uh, one of probably the second greatest coach of all time, I think second in wins. Um, but he was very much a very big part of the uh, Jenner and Block investigation, the Kyle Beach stuff. I think one of his big things was um, that the incident was a distraction. Um, I want to find the Steve Dango quote. I think I, I have it. Oh, well, what did it say? Because it was a very good roast. This should wait till after the playoffs. Avoid the distraction, you know? Which is basically what Quinville said about the Kyle Beach stuff. Um, I cannot wait to rip whoever. Sorry, it's your five. I'm stealing the segment. I'm throwing you two here in the power. No. I'm so sorry. What do you think? I, I, I don't know. It makes me feel a little uncomfortable. I won't okay. lie. Like, like it's just, I, it's been a year mm-hmm. since it came out. It's been 12 years since it happened. I, it just doesn't feel like, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. To me, it doesn't feel right. I, I wouldn't do it, but that's just me. And I know, uh, I know I'm probably wrong or something. I don't know. I, I agree like with you. It. Alex. I don't like it's, it. it's too soon, too soon for that type of hiring. There are a few teams I'm looking at that are going to have head coach vacancies. And I'm thinking, my goodness. Um, I, like I'm thinking like, are the jets, the Devils, or the flyers that stupid. And I'm thinking, my goodness, the flyers are that stupid. The flyer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when your GM or when your owner says my general manager, who is Chuck Fletcher, uh, by the way, uh, has a blank check. Uh, funny enough, the first, comment on the Andy Strickland post is to Detroit Iserman needs a new coach and they have some young elite pieces I'll put this out there I I doubt it Uh, I would really hope that uh, (laughs) Iserman isn't that that I I doubt it Um, okay Um, actually you know we can quickly have a a chat on this because I feel like all three of us should say something here Uh, very cowardly here Uh, 9.01pm on Friday night the NHLPA Man, they're good at this, aren't they? Uh, buried in the midst of the last big night of the season that the executive board has voted in favor of forming a search committee to lead the NHL's uh, PA's, NHL PA search for a successor to executive director Donald Fear. We all saw this coming. It looked like it was it was going to happen this summer. Uh, and it looks like it is. Um, but how freaking cowardly can you be to put that out in the... the at 9.01 p.m. on a Friday where you know there's no hockey night in Canada on Saturday night to talk about it. That's I, that makes, I hate that so much. Uh, it, it, it is Bush league as, yeah. uh, as we say on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I'm just reading through it again. Uh, Cause I'd like to know, and maybe I missed it, but I remember there was a discussion going around and I think Daniel and I talked about it cause it was when the report came out uh, that potentially a new, if they were going to go through with this search for a new executive director, Don fear would somewhat be involved. I'd like to know if that's still the case. I haven't seen, I've been, I was just quickly looking before we started recording. And then now again, I haven't seen anything saying that. So I'd like to know if that's the case. Cause again, if that's the case, that's Bush league. And that is besides the point. So some of the members of the search committee, Ian Cole, Justin Falk, Sam Gagne, Zach Kyman, Kyle Poso, Nick Schmidt, 
uh, Kevin Shattenkirk. Not a lot of big names there, Daniel. You kind of hope that some of the bigger stars, apparently some na- some uh, new members can be named to the search committee. We'll see. But um, yeah, not, not, not fun. Not fun. Yeah, I think when the initial announcement did drop, it was just disappointing because it was something that I already expected they were going to do. It was going to get buried. It was such an awkward time. And I, maybe the, like, I, I, I don't know how this is going to be, but I'm just kind of hopeful that it's the lesson learned. With Don Fear being part of it still, um, I just really hope that this is just a training situation in terms of what the search is going to be like, where it's just going to be a peaceful transition with this, not in a way that he affects what who the next hire would be. So I think there should be more onus and I guess more of the voice heard from the player side this time. I know we're running really low on time. No worries, no worries. But I, I'm so curious as to why this was buried. Because it was. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, 901 in the middle, like, the third period's about to end for or start for the 7 p.m. games. 10 p.m. games start in an hour. This was buried. But why? Like, I think we would, the three of us, would praise their decision to find a new executive director because you know they need to move in the in a new direction mm-hmm. whatever like it's just maybe donald fear did some good things but we're beyond him we need a new uh vision for for the players association so i want to understand why they thought it needed to be buried if they release this at 5 p.m. on Saturday, Elliot Freeman has a report 8 p.m. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I don't understand why they thought it would be a good idea to throw this out at 9 p.m. on a Friday. Uh, no, no common sense. No common sense. I don't like it. Uh, I don't like it. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe it's a thing of like, I oh, can't ask us any questions or something. I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I, I guess. Uh, a lot of questions. A lot of questions there. Um, this is a bit of a better story. We'll go back to alternating here. Um, Daniel, Thomas Hodge, um, emergency backup goalie came in. Uh, obviously, famous one, Scott Foster, David Aris, um, comes in for Anaheim Friday versus Dallas. Uh, he's from the UK. My UK brother, how you doing, buddy? Um, apparently, he moved to North America when he was like ten or eleven. Uh, apparently, lost visions in one of vision in one of his eyes when he was younger. Didn't know if he ever played. Um, I think he's twenty eight. Gets to play in the game. Uh, they lose it. He allows the game-winning goal. I think it was on the power play, but both uh, teams were very like good to the guy and all that. Um, a great story regardless. Um, it's always cool to see e-bugs. Um, it's just a great story. Uh, I, I love that. As someone who is English um, and has a lot of issues with like vision in one of his eyes, uh, I just, I, I, very emotional reading this. I won't lie. It was, it was really cool. Absolutely. I think it was a, a fantastic bookend to the Ducks season. Um, I was going to say it was magical, but they're not part of Disney anymore. Uh, it, just, it was a great story. I think that it was just a little piece to it where we get the good story of Getzlaff and then we get this e-bug one where this guy just gets to live out the dream. I think that sometimes that gets overlooked with things and he got to do his thing. Like I think just let him enjoy this and... Just yeah, just let him enjoy this. I, I just I saw I love that story. Um, Alex, we have some news out of Chicago. Uh, this isn't the worst stuff, honestly. Um, so first off, they hired Jeff Greenberg, at, obviously the guy from the Cubs, to the interview for the GM position. Uh, but he's going to be associate GM. 
along with this, Emily Kaplan tweeting out that they will not be bringing back assistant coaches uh, Rob Cookman and Mark Crawford and all that. Um, what do you think of that? Some more changes coming in uh, Chicago. Yeah, I mean, when you look at Greenberg, I think obviously he was with the Cubs before, so he was in baseball. I guess he's uh, new to uh, the hockey world, and I think it, it'll be interesting to see um, how that that transition is. Obviously, we've seen the tr- we're, we're seeing the transition of player agents to uh, management. I wonder how we what's going to happen with management from one sport to another with the coaches is that it's not necessarily the most surprising thing. I, I think they said they haven't made a decision on Derek King. Um, but what I'd imagine is going to happen is something along the lines of Kyle Davidson, bringing in his own guy and his guy, bringing in his own guys. Uh, that's what it seems like to me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay. Next. What do we have here? What do we have here? Um, the Vegas golden Knights. Alex and I talked about this a little, a little bit last time, Alex, but um, they're officially eliminated. Well, not really. We kind of knew that, didn't they? Uh, we're a little few days off of there. Uh, it's really funny seeing all these reports about how, how teams are kind of jealous of Vegas and they're mad at them because um, they are not over the expansion draft, which is kind of funny because it wow. gets their fault for being bad. Um, anyway. Some of the things we can look at here, by the way, I just wanted to read out as to maybe why fans are not, you know what, uh, fans of, of the Vegas Golden Knights. May we never forget the Gerard Gallant firing, uh, Daniel's favorite coach, by the way. Um, of course, we cannot forget uh, Flurry finding out he was traded on Twitter. Uh, the Evgeny Dadanov trade attempt, um, that was that was, that was was something. Robin Leonard getting thrown under the bus by his coach trying to play her. Um, using the LTIR loophole to, um, sorry, uh, to uh, get Jack Eichel. Let's see, they were abusing it all year, and they still missed the playoffs. And of course, um, I wonder if, if trading Ryan Reeves uh, affected their locker room. Anyway, um, let's see. Why don't you guys just have a discussion here? Um, what is next for Vegas? Like, what changes? I don't know what they can do, to be honest. Unlike other than let the players get healthy this offseason. This is the only thing I could kind of think of because they have no money whatsoever. Um, they still have to figure out Evgeny Dadanov because you cannot bring that guy back next season <laughs> the way things went for him and just purely because of his cap hit. Um, I think it's time to really look at beyond the stars, beyond the high-paying guys and really look at things that need to change. So I think that you have to look at what is Mark Show going to look like for the team? What is a Riley Smith going to look like for the team? A William Carlson? Are these guys that they can still rely on to be those solid uh, secondary scorers for them? I think right now defense was good as long as there was no injury. But the problem is they had a lot of injuries. And I think they need to look at trying to get another guy in there to at least fill in the second or third pairing. Um Goaltending-wise, Robin Leonard, I really hope he's one of the guys that comes back 100% healthy. But they need a better backup. Maybe Logan Thompson will be that guy, but I'd like to see a bit more competition in training camp for that for that spot. Yeah, and you mentioned Riley Smith. He needs a new contract. So the, just I want to quickly read the UFAs and RFAs. UFA Matisse Yamark, RFA Nicholas Waugh, Keegan Colasar, um, UFA Riley Smith. 
RFA Brad Howden, RFA Nick Haig, uh, Jack Bischoff. Don't know if that's a real person. Let me just quickly get their projected cap space. Interesting. It's zero dollars, and uh, their cap hit is currently ninety-two million dollars. <laughs> the cap is going up to eighty-three point five, I believe. Uh so um, it's gonna be tough. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be tough. And, you know, Daniel, as you were talking there, because I, I was going to say uh, uh, something similar. When I look at Vegas, I, I see and, and listen to the words, not you guys, because I know you listen, but people listen to the words coming out of my mouth. I'm not comparing these two teams. I'm just saying situations are similar. The Vegas Golden Knights of what they're going through at this moment seem to me similar to what the Leafs were going to th- uh, through a few years ago. I think they need a new voice in that locker room, and I think the management team needs to reevaluate uh, maybe the depth of that team. Hmm. Uh, I, as Daniel, I think you we talked about it. Uh, I don't remember when, but you know, you said the depth's just not good enough, uh, and, and and I think that's proven i guess in a way to be true uh and i think they might want to reevaluate their depth and uh, i i don't think pete DeBoer is it i i don't think they they're having fun not, not that they're having fun i don't think they enjoy being coached by pete DeBoer. and i and i'm not trying to say it's gotta be fun lovey-dovey no no no, 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 no. look at carolina you think they enjoy being coached by rob Brindamore? A thousand percent. Is Rod Brindamore Mr. Lovey Dovey? Not like Nick Kissy, but he's like he's, he pumps you up. He's a right. motivator. I don't but, think Brindamore is a motivator. You know what I right. mean? Like, like I, I think with 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 Brindamore, he'll tell you when you're like he'll tell you when you're wrong. Yep. He'll he'll he's not afraid to tell you when you're wrong. It just seems like with DeBoer and, and similar to kind of what's going on in Winnipeg, it's just, it seems like no one's enjoying themselves seems and like that's a, a problem. He seems like a narcissist to me. <laughs> I feel like I've dealt with people like Pete DeBoer in my life and I can't stand it. <laughs> I just, I just, I, I, maybe I just I hate people who don't manage goaltenders properly, but I just don't like Pete That might be it. That might be it. Um, they have so much going on Vegas. They have so much work to do and no one's been fired yet. But we'll see what happens. To finish off the show, the other team we care a lot about on the show, the Montreal Canadiens. The season is over. Um, they finished last because the Coyotes just got hot at the end of the year. Two comebacks. Uh, yeah, was, they got uh, – they, they're nuts. They're nuts. The one against Minnesota, they came back against Dallas. There's the other game I think they came up. Uh, they came back from – I can't remember who it was. Um, but the Coyotes, good for them. Uh, so that, that will be Montreal securing the best odds for the lottery, uh, which is not next Tuesday. So not this Tuesday, but maybe I think it's next Tuesday. I believe so. The um, 10th, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. And, uh, next Tuesday. Mike will be begging me to come over so we can watch the draft lottery. Can't wait for that. Um, looking at the season, how would you guys describe the 2021-2022 Montreal Canadiens and their season? A roller coaster. I think that's fair. Damn. Yeah. Um, necessary changes were finally addressed. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's very fair. 
Um, organization, like you look at it, right? I have a feeling you're probably going to see a lot of personnel decisions, um, aka they still need to build up more scouting, obviously, the analytics, more skills, personnel, and all that. Um, adding to the developmental program. Uh, it sounds like we're all just waiting for the official confirmation, but I think Kent Hughes and Marty St. Louis have both heard this said that Marty St. Louis is coming back and has had head coach. Uh, yesterday, uh, I think Marty St. Louis also confirmed that the assistants will be back. Uh, sit down with Burroughs and figure out the power play, though. Please, yeah, I'm begging you. Um, beside that, um, hold on a minute. Do, 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 do. What do you guys sort of look at the halves? We can get to the sort of – I want to get to the Panthers games. You know what? We'll answer it to the Panthers game, actually. We'll just do it like this. All right, looking at that Panthers game specifically, um, Carey Price in the 700 start gets his first one of the season. Uh, it may be his last. Uh, instead of going through some of the shenanigans, I want to talk about this. So Carey Price and his media availability on locker clean-out day, um, it was a bit ominous. If, if um, Have you guys seen all the quotes from it? Because uh, if not, Sorry. I do. I've seen a couple of the quotes. I realized I was muted there for a second. Uh, I have not seen them all. I've, okay. Yeah, I've seen a few. Okay, I have uh, I have some good bits of them just sort of written down here. John Liu has some great stuff for anyone listening. Let's just go kind of find them. Uh, so we know that like most of the transcripts I have here are from John Liu and Arpin Basu. Um, so the knee appears to con- is is still bothering Gary Price, which is not great. Um, another surgery is on the table. Um, the appointment he had with his doctor in New York, the surgeon, I should say, uh, involved imaging, but it didn't come up with anything definitive. Um, they're still waiting for clarification on the knee. Um, and what was really worrying is it seemed to be Kerry acknowledged that that Panthers game could be his last. In fact, the quote is, um, it was an exceptional day. It was an A-plus day. Um, which, uh, when I saw that, uh, it, 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 uh, it hit the heartstrings a little bit. Um, yeah that we might be seeing the end of Carey Price. And he's weird. Himself. I, I know. It's, it's a weird thing to, for you to even just say it now. It's, yeah. that's crazy for me to think about. Um, wow. How are you, Adam? <laughs> I felt emotional when I saw it. Because, um, you know, I, I was talking to some people after the Habs game, like the, the Panthers game and how you know, great, like it was, it was such a fun night. Um, like the 10 goals, the Guy chance, Caulfield's hat trick, the Pierre Gervais stuff, Weber showing up. It was a very, after the game, like Mottenbow and Gallagher and Caulfield, Gallagher like pranked Caulfield. It's like, oh, you're going to talk to the crowd. It was a great rookie prank. There were a lot of feel goods around after that game, right? And uh, like the video that was going around with like with 10 seconds left, Carey just stopped playing. He was waving at his kids. It was hilarious. Like Romano's behind the net with the puck. Like there are Panthers in the zone, and Carey just stops. Um, it was a feel good, like it was feel good. I was talking to people who were like, ah, oh, just gushing over Caulfield, uh, the way the season, like there was renewed hope again because it was just such a fun because they just had like a nine game losing streak before they beat the Rangers. And then you see that, and it just I talked about that this season is sort of a glimpse of what Habs hockey can be like without Carey Price. But once he got him back, and he had a quote today talking about how. He wanted to stay around um, because of how like bright the future is. He said the young kids are special. And I want to be there. And that, that's been the question all year, right? 
It's just Price want to be there for the rebuild. And like, you know what really hurts, Daniel? So John Luke clarified, the, and we said this earlier, the meniscus that he got surgery on, that right knee, started with the Kreider collision. That was 2014. He's been dealing with issues in this knee since 2014. And remember, he won the MVP after that. Like, he was still amazing. It's, um, it's very sad, personally, for me. Um, and has, it's shown, like, even Jake Allen was saying it's his net. It's difficult to think of, um, especially with all the work he did to come back. It's difficult to see. Um, it's really difficult. You know what um, this, uh, I want to say, like, the last 12 months of what Montreal uh, has gone through in a sense, in terms of not on the ice, but I think off the ice, and and what they've dealt with in a manner is similar to what Minnesota had gone through last summer when you lose Zach Parise and um, Ryan Suter, but to to an even larger extent, because you're talking about Carey Price, who, I mean, is a generational goalie, has been the guy in Montreal since what? for over a decade and you're talking about Shea Weber who yes his time in Montreal yes has been shorter but you're talking about a guy who got traded for PK Subban mm-hmm. right and and at that time that was a quote it was a controversial trade at that time being one for one um and and the circumstances age and all that stuff I, I think it's there's this big shift that's happening in Montreal and it's it's a good shift because not only has it hap- is it happening on the ice with the players it's happened now happening off the ice with the players and it's happening off the ice with management and coaching and it's all happening at once just look of Daniel made the point of necessary change if you just yeah. look back at some of the events like again, the Claude Julian stuff last season, the Ducharme this year, the Matthew Perot's hat trick being the highlight of on the ice stuff for the first half of the season. Deneau leaving, the Mayu draft, losing in the finals like really hurt the fan base, right? Because you realize it was going to be maybe the last chance Price and Weber ever get. Price being exposed for the expansion draft. You guys know how unbearable I was for those few days. Price missing most of the season, starting the year like 0 5. Weber is never going to play again. Losing Cock in the Emmy and instantly panicking and doing the Dvorak deal. Savard, Perot, Weidman, and Paquette being the offseason solutions. Uh, Bergevin being fired and then going to LA. Ducharme going. Caulfield being sent down. Remember the picture day Laval picture that he was, he was part of. Um, and Ducharme having eight wins the first half of the year. So the renewed hope of Marty St. Louis fixing going Caulfield to Kent Hughes, to Jeff Gordon. Um, no, Kent Hughes, Jeff Gordon. There's so many Jeffs. Jeff Molson too is there. Uh, it's almost, you're almost happy that there's no playoffs because you can just, I think the fan base needed time away from the team because the offseason was so short and so much has happened um, that everyone just needs a reset. Um, that's just, uh, it's just, it's just going to be so weird to think that Price is just not going to be back though. Um, Jonathan Druin spoke to the media. Apparently his goal is to play 82 games. I'm not convinced he's going to be a hab. Um Jeff Petrie said he doesn't want to close the door on coming back to the organization, um, which I, I think he's sort of 
I don't know about that anymore, Jeff. I think it's a little too late for that with everything that's happened. Um, what else? I knew there was Suzuki. Suzuki, by the way, is a top 10 Iron Man amongst active players, by the way. Since he came to the NHL, he hasn't missed a game. So I thought that'd be neat to mention. Um, yeah. Him and Caulfield aren't going to the World Championships because Suzuki's playing through an injury. And Caulfield, got to remember, he's had a very long two years going back to the World Juniors, uh, coming to Montreal on the playoff run. Gallagher's not going. He's going to try. And apparently he still has a hip injury from like 2020 that he's dealing with. Um, I think those were all the big stuff from the player interviews. So to finish off the show and to finish off talking with the Habs, um, Beside draft stuff, just because I know one of you put it in, let's wait until we know where they're drafting so we can have a better idea. Um, and again, because we are going very long, I wanted to just make sure we at least got to price and we did. So um, I just want to quickly look at all their RFAs and UFAs and who you guys see coming back next year because the Habs still want to cut some salary. Samuel Montembeau is an RFA with our brights. I mean, if Carey's not coming back. Yeah, why not? It's cheap. Why not? Exactly. Um, William Legison, <laughs> who, who played you like tell three me. games. You tell me. Um, he's a group six UFA, did not accrue the required games by the age of 25 to become uh, an RFA, apparently. Uh, no, he can He can go. He can go. Uh, Chris Weidman, great personality. I hope he gets a job, but just not with Montreal. Um, yeah. Hey, I, I, I just feel like with defense, they have so many guys coming in, right? So, yeah. Uh, Kale Clegg, I don't care. Uh, Alexander Romanov is an RFA. Huh. Um, Should they resign him? Yeah, I mean, so he, this is one I forgot. So, in his post game, he's not going home to Russia, which makes sense. He's going to spend his season, in, and he, you can tell he loves the city if you look at his Instagram and that. Um, he said, I love the Montreal and I want to be here for as long as possible. So you could see if they're going to do that deal with him. If you go long-term, I think it's it's a bet with him. Mm-hmm. But you, you've seen the development he's had this year. If he can start working a bit more on his offensive instincts, I think if you can do a long deal. It's just unfortunate because all his comparables are short-term. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty safe. Um, Michael Bezzetta. Yeah, bring him back. Um, Laurent Affair. Yes. Yes, you like him. Bring him back. I don't care. Do what you want. Uh, Rem Pitlick, who is yes. an RFA with R. You got to keep all of them in the organization for as long as possible. Uh, yeah, well, t- Tyler's a UFA, so hopefully they bring him back. Um, Matthew Perot, no, I think no, his career. No. Might be yeah. Um, I, heard, I heard too much about Matthew Perot this season. Yeah. <laughs> right? he, uh, you know what? He scored in that last game of the season, so mm-hmm. I'm happy for him. You, you, that's, a, that's, a, that's someone from Quebec, so I'm really happy for him. How about Cedric Paquette? I know you didn't bring him up. He's in the, the offensive speech. specialist. I, did, I didn't see him because he's not on the main <laughs> roster. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, he's gone. He's gone. I do not. Uh, goodbye. It was nice knowing you, but oh, you funny. are gone. You are gone. Especially now that Emily Castongay has a job. Like you're, you're of no use to me anymore. You're gone. I thought maybe that connection you brought her in, they didn't do it. <laughs> and they just sort of killed us. They killed us there. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just go get a left winger that isn't Mike Hoffman to play on the top line. Just tell me about it. Yeah. 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 Brutal. You know what? He 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 started passing the puck to get coffee with the hat trick, and I was like, there you go. Like five Primary. games late. Yeah, yeah. Primary to five, more like fifty. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
anyway, um, anyway, 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 that's it. Uh, thank you for watching. It was a long one. Um, playoffs are starting, so I can't wait for that. Um, I saw the scheduling for the first night was like, I think there were half an hour intervals, which was like, there you go, NHL. Yeah, I just can't wait to see what the weekend is like. Though. Seven, seven thirty, nine thirty, ten. Because that's not bad. Could that's be so bad. much worse. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. Um, just do Saturdays and the weekends properly, uh, and we're good. That's everything. Um, check out the TikTok and all that, especially with like the TikTok. Um, YouTube version of the show as well. See our beautiful faces. Um, and everything like that. Yeah, you can see Alex's bed. I says zebra prints, except there's some red lines in there. Yeah. Alex's new place. We're excited pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. In the good old city of Guelph. Mm-hmm. Is Guelph technically a city? I don't, I'm not sure. All right. I Scope so. out uh, the best food places for us, please, and then we'll come visit. Well, I got to say, you know, the Sleeman Center, just great food. <laughs> <laughs> Company man. Just, Company you think man. Mike's just going to show up tomorrow, by the way? I did tell him, yeah, she's more than welcome to. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, as are you two. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, li- yeah. Um, listeners, uh, sorry. <laughs> 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 sorry, guys. All right. Sorry, listeners. You're not allowed to come. Anyway. Okay. That's uh, that's it. Hopefully, next time we talk, we can talk about a competitive start to the playoffs and hopefully some fun stuff and all that. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you Wednesday. Mm-hmm.